0: Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel.
1: So, today on the show, we have Megan Samuels. Megan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks so much for
2: letting me join.
1: Ah, We're excited to pick your brain a little bit and learn about your practice that you've created. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and
2: a little bit about your background as an SLP just to start out? Yes. So I have been an SLP for 10 years now. Um, I did my undergrad at Auburn University and my master's at Florida State University, came to nashville where i currently am where i've been practicing for the past 10 years um and i got to do my internship at vanderbilt and in the special ed department and i loved it and decided i wasn't leaving nashville so (laughs) 10 years later still here um and in the past so two years ago is when i started my practice but um, before that my first job my cf year i was in the schools Mm -hmm. Um, that experience was so great and what kind of led to what I'm doing now because I worked in an early childhood center that was through the local school district. Um, Absolutely fell in love with that age group, everything that they were doing at the early childhood center. Um, But then I got married and started having children and so it was just time for a change. Um, I worked in a mobile therapy private practice and then I worked in a clinic private practice and then COVID hit and then I started my own thing. So (laughs) that's kind of the journey of what brought me here.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Um, So can you tell us more about Tiny Talkers and kind of like what propelled you into getting started and like what your mission vision is?
2: Yeah. So when COVID hit, I was pregnant with my second baby um, and that was a weird time. And then I had my second baby and COVID was still kind of going on. So I took a prolonged leave of absence from work. Um, and then it was time to start figuring out what I was gonna do. Um, and I just proposed this idea to my husband about hey, I think that the skill set that SLPs have, we have a very unique skill set. Um, and I felt like we have a lot to offer for parents, especially young children during those years where parents are still just really figuring it out. Um, I felt like children, if they're not in school, parents really need some sort of support, um, Mm -hmm. I felt like children needed some sort of social interaction, um, going and being around another adult other than mom and dad if they weren't in a school environment. And so I started these small, um, I call them language-rich play playgroups. Um, they are all inclusive for all children between the ages of two and five. Um, we split up the age groups based on the toddler group is for two-year-olds and the preschool group is for three to before entering kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just have fun. (laughs) So all those early childhood skills that are just really fun and important and all based around play, um, I think one of the most beautiful things that we've seen is parents have, we've watched parents become friends with each other that they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have had a way to find someone else to walk through these early ages together, but we are also providing some support to families who have questions about early childhood. Mm -hmm. Um, We're catching children that are, um, could maybe use some additional support we're getting whether that's an ot referral um, maybe some further developmental testing a speech therapy referral we can provide them resources to early intervention programs we've really just found <laughs> that we're serving a lot more purposes than I had initially um, set out to do um, but yeah that's a little about tiny talkers yeah. but
0: That's a big picture. Yeah, I was going to say that was
1: kind of a loaded question, but you did a great job. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess besides that resource part of it, which is amazing, I think that's so cool that, you know, you're able to identify these kids early on, whatever their needs may be. What else would you say kind of sets you guys apart? I know you're doing groups
2: um, and what kind of sets that apart from other speech approaches? So we, our groups are all inclusive, which is amazing for all children. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have some children that are coming to us that are already involved in one-on-one speech, maybe somewhere else or through our practice. Mm -hmm. And then they get to join this group and they're around children for peers and social interaction, practicing their skills in a play environment versus like a one-on-one session. And we are using all play-based, um, a play-based structure. So we do gross motor movement is involved in every single, um, session we're doing, um, sensory bins, we're doing storytelling, um, we're doing messy sensory art, which is always, (laughs) it can be hit or miss for children, (laughs) but we see progress, um, Children who are a little unsure about the messy sensory play, we see them kind of watching their peers and a few sessions in they're touching things or they're deciding to go all in because they saw their friend do it and they realized it's not so bad. Um, we do it on a semester long basis too, which I think has been um, a game changer. Yeah. We, Doing it on a semester basis, parents get to see progress from the very first session where the child is very hesitant to interact or they're just clinging to mom or the nanny and they're just a little unsure to two sessions, three sessions in, and they're running from mom and they're sitting on the mat with their friends, trying new things, um, learning how to interact with friends and negotiate for a toy they want to play with. It's really amazing what we can see happen in eight weeks or 12 weeks. And that's how long our semesters last. So I was just going to ask that. I was yeah, thinking. me too. <laughs> yeah. Do, you, do
1: you do every day then? Is it like intensive or is it once a week?
2: It's once a week, so we do the toddlers for about 45 minutes, and we do preschoolers for an hour, Um, and, you know, we just kind of, it's a loose schedule, so the curriculum is built to incorporate three or four activities within a session, but it all depends on the kids, (laughs) right,
0: depends on the day. We all know that, having a plan and going into a speech therapy session, (laughs) yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you never know
2: what, what that day will actually look like. So mm-hmm. there's a plan, but it's also you pivot when you have to. So, Absolutely. do you have
1: families that come back, or does is it typically mm-hmm. like a one one semester long, or do they kind of? continue passing. Yeah.
2: I wish I had my numbers because I've looked into (laughs) all of this. No, it's okay. (laughs) But we do, we have reoccurring families, um, sometimes three and four semesters. (laughs) Um, and then we also have families who, when the older sibling, no longer attends, they can't wait to get the younger sibling involved. Mm -hmm. Um, We've gotten to really know these families. And then something that's been interesting too is we're getting the name of SLPs out there because families are starting to have an interaction with an SLP. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I know what an SLP does when their friend is looking for one. And it's just been a really great way to get SLPs Exposure and visualization for younger children, um, and that we're not so scary, and that you know, therapy with us is all fun and play. And yeah,
1: we've and seen for new
2: parents
1: who have no idea. Mm-hmm. That.
2: Like, that's I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's been um, really amazing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I have a question. So, do you guys have a like a standalone office or where do you hold the groups at?
2: Yeah. So we all hold them out in the community. We, okay, awesome. we meet at parks. Um, and what's really neat is watching families then go play at the playground mm-hmm. um, with their newfound friends. Um, we go to, you know, we rock the spectrum is a franchise and um, it's like an indoor playground. Oh, cool. Um and a sensory gym, and they have a little room where we hold the class, and then they all get to go play afterwards. We've expanded into some preschools too, um, and we offer it as a language enrichment opportunity for children in the preschool environment, and um, directors have really loved that for children that need just a little bit of support, but don't need a full eval or a full Um, one on one therapy session. So it's kind of like an RTI sort of model, which, yeah, when I was at that early childhood center, I was like, man, I wish I could do a little bit for every child in Mm -hmm. this school. Mm -hmm. So yeah,
0: that's kind of been a way that we've made it happen. I love that. I love hearing that you go to different areas in the community. So one of the things that my practice does are groups like pretty similar to what you're saying. We host like a mini summer camp each year um, for like two or three weeks and we'll host like pop up play groups and I love one thing I love about that is we hold them in various places like throughout I don't know maybe four or five cities so we kind yeah. of like bounce around and yeah I love that it's so important yeah.
2: yeah it's really and I think that that is what helps build the community mm-hmm. because families are meeting families that also live around there mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. become a big part of like what I'm driving for to help these young parents and young children develop community. I so that. that was something that wasn't intentional and over two years it's happened. So <laughs> <laughs> been really awesome.
0: Um, One thing I've heard you mention a lot, and it's kind of like the foundation of Mm -hmm. your groups is Mm -hmm. talking about the importance of a group play-based therapy approach and how important it is in like early intervention.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes. So I've always felt that way, but then a year ago, and I saw you guys had Tara Sumter on your podcast and
0: I adore her. And yeah, I read fan book. that was a fangirl It moment, was for oh, sure. <laughs> I
2: mean, I just think that first of all, everybody should read her book, but yeah. specifically, all anyone who's involved in education SLPs, I mean, it totally changed the way that I think about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we think about play through play, children are getting all sorts of cognitive interactions, not just language interactions. And I think from her book, I don't want to misquote her because (laughs) I admire her so much, (laughs) but she said that no one piece of cognition um, works in isolation. And if I misquoted Mm -hmm. her, I apologize, (laughs) but that everything works together. So language isn't going to be isolated. Mm -hmm. And so through play, children are developing all of those skills and which leads to development of language. If we're working in language and just, here's a card, let's learn the word that's on this card. Well, that's not, they're not making any sort of association with that and they're not visualizing it and they're not conceptualizing it. So through play, we're reading a book, but then we're also, I have a sensory bin that is helping them get their hands in the mud if we read a book that had was about mud. Um, They're building if we're reading brick by brick, which is another book, they're getting their hands on tools, and they're building with bricks, and they're building with clay, which is helping them make all of those associations that are so important for future skills. So yeah, I'm a big Play proponent. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely.
1: So, if you had to pick your favorite activity, you were kind of talking about something mm, there yeah. incorporated with books, but like, yes, favorite yes. activity, maybe a recent activity that you've done in a group. Um, yeah. could you give us some ideas of stuff that you've incorporated.
2: Yes. So I will give an example of this week, we're doing Daniel's Daniel's Good Day. Um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's a very sweet book about a little boy that finds out all the different things that make everybody have a good day. So it's different for everybody. Um, one of them was a little boy flying a kite in the, in the park. And so we did we're doing a stomp rocket and we're incorporating that as like, yeah. So that's our version of a kite. Um, but children are learning to wait when it's not their turn and inhibition of we're counting down and then we're blasting off the rocket. Um, we're cheering for our friends saying, go Sarah. Um, so that's, um, That's the gross motor movement, but then for the bin, at the end of the story, he eats ice cream on the porch with his family, and that's how he knows it's been a good day. So our bin is rainbow rice, and we have... um, different um ice cream like molds that you can make your own ice cream cone and sprinkle the rainbow rice so on top of it <laughs> so that. we're talking about that yeah um we use for our sensory portion we're using um play-doh to make smiley faces because when we're when it's a good day we're happy mm-hmm. so as you can see like everything is everything is tied to a book but it, mm-hmm. it's not like oh, if we don't make the connection to the book, then we've lost all meaning. Um, It's just a, it's a way for them to make a connection, but then actually get their hands on things and talk about things they like and make an association that way. So that's a little, I'm forgetting one. Oh, Yes. So we have four activities. The last activity in for that week is um, a little dessert party and we pass out. Friends get turns to give their friends plates. And then we ask friends, can I have a scoop of ice cream? Can I have a a cupcake? And we're all just playing. It's the open play section at the end of the group. So that's like a a snapshot of what a group looks like. I love Um, it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have I have more of a technical question
1: if that's yeah, because right, I'm of curious, course. um, like from an SLP standpoint, because I know you do semesters and you like you mm-hmm. do track progress. Yeah. So how? I mean, I'm assuming that you have more clinicians than just yourself. Working, yes. Right. So, so how do you guys track that progress? I guess in that group setting, because I feel like for me, that's my biggest issue with group mm-hmm. therapy is mm-hmm. taking
2: data. So how do you do that? So that's what is so different about this. And Mm -hmm. what I hope SLPs can kind of like think outside of the box. Mm -hmm. We don't call this speech therapy because children don't need any sort of evaluation to join these groups. So this is seen as an added learning opportunity for them an added social opportunity for them. But this isn't a data driven session. Um, it's,
0: yeah, yeah I was going to say, say it louder. We
2: love yeah. that. <laughs> right? Right. And I wish, we, I wish it could be, everything could be like that. Don't you? Right. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's more about the experience mm-hmm. and having an SLP facilitate using mm-hmm. their skills mm-hmm. rather than being data driven. So, yeah. no and problem. when parents sign up, we make that very clear to them that this does not replace speech therapy, this is an additional support. So yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um, I have a question. Do you yeah. feel like, um, just because I'm going to compare your experience to mine, do mm-hmm. you feel like mm-hmm. starting during COVID kind of like helped propel that? Because like, at least for me, I had so many parents reaching out for like social groups and just like mm-hmm. experiences for their mm-hmm. children, because there was such a lack of that. Do you feel like that really helped propel tiny talkers?
2: I think so. I think yeah. the timing worked in my favor. Um, definitely. I think that's where the initial signups came from for sure. Yeah. Um, and when we started, it was 20. So it was June, 2021. So yeah. Um, And a lot of things on, you know, a lot of things indoors were still mask necessary. And Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things still closed. And so we were outdoors, which was helpful for families. And I think that kind of catapulted um, Tiny Talkers for sure. Is that when you started your groups as well? Do you feel Um, the same
0: Oh, I'm trying to remember now. We started the podcast in 2020. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. So my first camp would have been the summer of 21. Mm-hmm. And I mean, time. like the second I posted it, it was full. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. crazy. Like we had to keep opening up more and more weeks. It was mm-hmm. wild for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that yeah. same timeline. Definitely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy how COVID has just pushed? I feel like so many private practice owners. Mm-hmm. SLP, anyway. I don't know about everything else, but SLP wise, I feel like it's really been an interesting um, shift in our field is pushing private practice because it gives you not only more freedom in your life, but also freedom Mm -hmm. to treat who you want and how you want. And the way that you know is the best.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, ultimately down the line, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is still a new idea that, um, you know, I'm just starting to get the curriculum out there. I have some other um, SLPs using the curriculum this summer. And what I would love for this curriculum to get into is I would love for it to get into like the Head Start programs and Mm -hmm. some of those Um, lower income areas that really could use this additional support. And so when I'm like thinking like five years down the line, like I would love, I would love to make that happen because the plans are easy to make accommodations. They're easy for SLPs to implement, which that was part of it. After COVID for me, I wanted some sort of, SLP role, that I wasn't bringing a lot of work home. I wanted to be very present with my family. And that was one of the driving forces for this as well. How can I be a good SLP, but also take the time away from all the extra stuff that does come with it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody yes. said amen, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit more about the curriculum I know you've talked about yeah. it a couple of times, but what what does that look like? Cuz I think is that newer for your practice that you're starting to get that out to It is.
2: Companies? And it it was never my intention. My intention was to just have my practice and keep my practice um as my priority and then Uh, SLPs were finding me on Instagram and being like, I tried to get groups to work and it just didn't. Can you help me? Can you tell me what worked for you? Or um, I really want to do this, but I don't have the time or the energy to come up with the plans. And I was like, wait, maybe I can help SLPs do this. So the curriculum is 36 weeks. Um, It's broken into semesters. Mm -hmm. Every week is just like Daniel's good day that I just described to you. It's set up very similarly. Mm -hmm. Um, It has material lists, but then it also has the breakdown of here are some, some suggestions as to how to carry out the week. Um, But the prep is low prep because it's play-based. It's not printing things and having things laminated and having to do a ton of work ahead of time. It's making rainbow rice. And then you hold on to the rainbow rice mm-hmm. all year and use it right. for each lesson that calls for that. Um, so that's that's kind of the, the driving force behind the curriculum now is, okay, I figured out what works for two to five-year-olds, mm-hmm. how to incorporate plans across that age group that I can accommodate based on need Mm -hmm. of a group, but also based on individual need. If there's a child that just needs a little bit extra support, these plans can do that. Um, And so I have some SLPs that are using the plans this summer and they've started with them and it's going so well for one of my friends that's using it that she She was in the school system and she's been using the plans this summer and she started her own private practice to use the plans and see what kind of, um, momentum she could get going that she's going to go back to the schools part-time. It's been so successful for her. Awesome. Good for her. Yes. Yes. So after seeing some success with some of, the um, slps using it this summer i was like okay i really want to get this i want to reach more slps so that more slps can reach more families more children are getting referred earlier and so that's that's what the curriculum looks like
0: That's amazing. So can you tell our listeners where they can find your information, whether it's on social media, a website you have, I would love for them to be able to check all of those resources out and maybe even like propel their practice or inspire them to start one or whatever it may be.
2: Amazing. Yes. So the curriculum is on, um, the website is www.tinytalkersgroupcurriculum.com. Um, and you can find us on instagram at tt group curriculum and then my practice is at uh, tiny talkers nashville and that is more just about follow along for the fun because (laughs) we post the groups we're holding and what we love about it we share our friends that join us and what their parents say about it so i would love for anyone to check it out who thinks that Groups may be a good fit for their practice and their skill set because it's really fun. (laughs) Absolutely. One more thing. Yeah, I was gonna say. There anything else? Yeah, go ahead. There's um, parent handouts. That's another piece of the curriculum. I totally slipped my brain. Um, We send parent handouts each week Mm -hmm. to tell them ways that they can continue playing at Mm -hmm. home. And the play recommendations for home are such, it's just like in the group. It's no extra needed materials. Just play with what you've got at home. Um, use your bodies to play red light, green light, all those sorts of things. So that's also on the curriculum website um, because we know as SLPs that we can really provide families with we can empower families to really use their skills and their time with their children to the best of their ability. So yeah, that was an extra That's little piece on there. Yeah. Yes. No,
1: and and off of that, I meant to ask this earlier. Sorry. Are the parents, yeah. I'm assuming the parents are, are involved in the groups as well. Like they mm-hmm. They yeah,
2: for the most part, I they think? do. Yes. Okay. So um, in the in the toddler group, parents are very helpful and engaged in helping redirect and they're, they're kind of hearing the language we're using. Mm-hmm. Um, in the three and four year old groups, we try to help children become a little more independent mm-hmm. um, from mom or nanny or dad. Mm-hmm. Um but they are there and present and listening to everything and watching how we use our language and redirect and support. Um, So yeah, they're they're there and they're watching or they're hands-on with us.
1: Yeah. Which is so cool. So it's like a two yeah. for one because you're really yes. kind of training in there. So that's exactly, awesome. exactly. Very cool. Well, Megan, thank you so much. We appreciate your time and your expertise, and we can just tell so much how <laughs> you are about this, which I absolutely love. Like, that's my favorite part about interviewing people about yeah. their thing is like, I can tell how proud you are of this and how much it means to you. So I think that's awesome. Really cool.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I could go on and on. So <laughs> I'm so happy to be here to talk yeah, to you guys and to yeah. to your listeners to let them know that it's possible to do groups. Yeah, and for sure. yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. yes. And we'll make sure that all of Megan's information is in our notes for uh, this show. So thanks everyone. Thank Bye. you.
0: Hey guys, it's Rachel here with an amazing offer for our Let's Talk About Speech listeners from Megan, the founder of the Tiny Talkers Group Curriculum. She's offering our listeners 10% off with the code TACO10 for her Tiny Talkers Group Curriculum, which includes low prep plans organized by semesters, material lists and links, 36 weeks of digital parent handouts, recap of each week's sessions, and recommendations for at-home reinforcement exercises. If you guys want more information and want to check it out, don't forget to use our code TACO10 at tinytalkersgroupcurriculum.com. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at supersweetspeech or on my website, speech is super And you can find me Claire on Instagram at
1: kindly underscore speech or on Facebook on kindly speech. And then you can email Rachel and I, if you have any questions or concerns, we are let's taco about speech podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.